Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Social Conversations. Let's give a warm welcome to our guest, uh, Professor Hermut Winkler, who's no stranger to the side of the A-team. Thank you very much for joining us, uh, Professor Winkler. Oh, hello. Good evening. Professor Winkler, the the war between Russia and Ukraine mm-hmm. has really got all of us uh, concerned because of economical yeah. activities. But there's also a lot of countries that are still geared on getting nuclear power stations in their countries and were heavily reliant on uh, the Ukraine. How are things standing as is? Yeah, uh, well, certainly I think what's been happening in the last couple of weeks is going to change uh, the world a lot in, in many respects, uh, but particularly Russia. And I think it, it doesn't really matter what the ultimate military outcome of this war is going to be. Uh, it's certainly going to uh, have a big impact on, on Russia, both on its foreign relations, but also internally on its economic state. That's uh, partly due to the sanctions, but also just in general to to run a war is, is an expensive uh, business, and uh, you, you're simply not going to be economically as strong afterwards as you were before. And yes, as you said, Russia had a, a, a quite an active uh, program where they would uh, build and uh, uh, run nuclear power plants for other countries. Uh, currently, there's, um, there's about eight which are either planned or are under, already under construction. The most advanced of those would be one in Bangladesh, which is due to be finished in about two years' time. Uh, but also in, say, Egypt, that just started the construction there. And plus, uh, in some other countries, like there was supposed to be one starting in Finland. Now, Finland is an EU country, and that's already now been cancelled as a result of, uh, of what's happened. The, the Finnish government just simply said, no, there's no way we can even start that. But if you are a country which has already started, like Egypt, now that uh, puts you in a, in, in a bit of a predicament because you've already uh, spent some money on this and uh, you really would like this to be, be finished. And, and remember that when you're building a nuclear plant, this is not something that which happens overnight or even over a year. It typically takes about 10 years to build. And then after that, uh, you, you want to run the plant for another 40 years or so. And it's normally difficult to run that by yourself because you, on the one hand you need nuclear fuel, but also you need maintenance. So you need the, the, the special experts in that uh, equipment that actually built it. So if you engage in a long-term relationship with uh, 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 the nuclear, as Russia had been trying to set up, you really have to be in uh, be able to commit for a very long period of time. And I think what's happened now is just going to make this so much more difficult for any country to gain, get into. Well, with the international um, world sanctioning Russia so much and also um, a lot of people trying to distance themselves from Russia for whatever reason, it would seem obviously difficult for countries that have already engaged in this yeah. relationship um, with regards to the nuclear power mm-hmm. plant because, like you're saying, it's a long-term relationship. It's not just overnight. It takes, I, I think, if I'm accurate, around 40 years um, to be able to uh, plan set up, implement, and also the maintenance and, and so on and so forth. So where does that leave those countries, especially those that have already uh, started the process with Russia and put out the initial financial outlay? Yes, well, they, they have really two options. I think it, it's certainly going to mean some sort of a delay. Uh, that's been one of the biggest problems with nuclear uh, plant construction, that usually they do take uh, longer than was envisaged 
was often that they, they, they turned out to be much more expensive uh, than than was planned originally. So uh, yes, so what are these countries now going to do? Well, they, they're clearly hoping that this is somehow going to to uh, the storm is going to go by and that they're just they're going to be able to continue somehow or other. That's uh, I know Bangladesh is, is hoping for that. They sort of think that well, we've got another two years hopefully, and then then we don't really need that anymore. Well, you can try and uh, hope that Russia will still be able to to meet its commitments. Uh, or you you might have to to look for somebody else, uh, another country to uh, to actually service that. But that would mean uh, definitely mean a, a, a delay in time, and it also would mean uh, extra costs. Uh, how exactly they're going to do that, I don't know. And there are also lots of examples of of nuclear plants which were almost ready and ended up uh, still standing there after many many years and basically be left as a as a white elephant. So that's clearly the danger uh, one is looking at. I think in South Africa we're quite lucky that uh, you, you'll probably remember that in 2015 there was this talk of, of this Russian uh, nuclear build in this country, which would have been a, a very big one. Now, if, if we had gone in for that, we'd probably be sitting in a, in a, in a very bad situation right now. Uh, we would probably be, uh, those plants, if things had worked out the way it was planned, they'd probably be half finished now. And uh, now that that would really put uh, put us in a situation where we wouldn't know does one not continue, does one not continue? If one continues, uh, what is going to happen? Uh, I suspect those plants which have been started are, are probably going to be finished eventually in one way or another. But I think those countries are going to just have to be uh, spend more money and and wait a little longer uh, that, uh, than they've been hoping for. Uh, projects which haven't really started yet, and that includes uh, the one in Finland, one in Hungary, I don't see those happening at all. Uh, there's also an, a, another dimension uh, to this, is that apart from the actual builds which have already started or where there was some sort of commitment, uh, Russia has been very actively going around to almost any country one could think of, offering to uh, eventually, in the long term, develop a nuclear plant for them. So they'll start, uh, and it happened, for example, in Zambia. So they'll go to Zambia and say, yes, well, would you like to develop nuclear technology? And the Zambians will say, yes. They'll start having some memorandum of agreement, and then they'll say, yes, we'll eventually develop uh, some sort of a plant. And, and that's happened in about 20 African countries. And uh, in a country like Zambia, for example, it's, to build a plant would have been many, many times the amount of taxes collected in a single year. So in order to finance that, there's only really one way you can do it. You need somebody to give you a lot of money as a loan. And this is where the Russians also used to come in and say, yes, no problem, we'll do it for you. We'll give you the loan. Uh, now that's going to be much more difficult for Russia to do that. The economy is looking uh, very poor. And uh, they just won't have the money to, to, to give this upfront up loan anymore. And uh, so also on their side, it would be even if a country agrees that somehow they're willing to take this risk to get engaged in a long-term project with Russia, Russia itself uh, probably won't be able to, to meet those commitments anymore. So I see all these projects or these ideas that uh, sometime in the next 10, 20 years or so, we're going to be building a nuclear plant. I don't think that's really going to happen anymore. 
Well, uh, there is a, a catch-22 because here when we talk nuclear uh, power, there's those who are for and those who are against. But what we are looking at right now is uh, the fact that uh, the plants that have already been commissioned uh, have already started or were in the process of starting with Russia are now going to be experiencing some challenges due to the fact that Russia and Ukraine are in mm. this particular war. So A-teamers, I want to hear from you. What are your thoughts on this current war and how it impacts on those countries developing nuclear power? Um, the number to dial in on is 011-714-2006 or WhatsApp 614 Professor, who are the other major players? Should a country want to go to another player instead of Russia when it comes to um, starting up an, a nuclear power station or even completing a project that Russia has started? Yes, there's not many left. Like the United States, for example, they, they, their industry has almost come to, to zero. The most active ones at the moment, apart from the Russians, are probably the Chinese, the Koreans, and the French. So one would really probably have to go to one of those uh, people if one if one wants to do that. Uh, those countries have also uh, been still been building, but not as much as Russia. There's another dimension as well that, as far as Russia is concerned, those loans that they were offering countries doesn't actually make financial sense for them. So there was a reason why Russia was particularly pushing these nuclear builds in other countries. Uh, the one thing was just that internally they wanted to just ensure that they, they, the domestic nuclear industry uh, survives. Uh, Russia had traditionally built a lot of uh, uh, nuclear plants in the Soviet era, and uh, they, they wanted to keep that, uh, the, that going somehow or other. But probably more importantly than that, uh, once you have a, an agreement where... Uh, a country, a developing country like Russia, built something for you on that scale and uh, uh, offers you a loan to actually build that, uh, you build up a, 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 a certain amount of dependence on that country. Uh, it very, would be very difficult for a country to suddenly say, well, okay, I don't like you anymore. Um, let's just stop this uh, agreement here and then. Uh, because effectively, uh, that country, in this case Russia, would be the one which keeps electricity going in in that country. Mm. So we, we've had a situation now where you could one could actually see how uh, certain countries have reacted to the situation. I mentioned Bangladesh. Uh, um, yeah, they were one of the countries that didn't condemn uh, the Russian invasion. Uh, also, countries like uh, Turkey, for example, they were another country which was building a plant. They were the um, they're the last country of the EU which hasn't closed it, its airspace uh, to Russia. And uh, uh, Hungary, which is another case, they were the last country in the EU also to adopt uh, uh, punitive measures. So um, it, one can see that w when there is this level of dependence, uh, that does mean that uh, that particular country has a direct interest in, in uh, um, uh, sticking its neck out for a country uh, like Russia in this case. So um, that, I think, was part of the, the international strategy uh, to build up some sort of a power, a, a sphere of influence, if you like, uh, that uh, would uh, make certain countries less likely to uh, take a hostile position towards Russia. Mm. And yes, it's, it's, it's worked until now to some degree, not entirely, though, um, and uh, 
given what we've seen with Finland, I suppose Finland hadn't actually started their build yet, so they haven't, they're not really going to lose anything on that front. But there is this, this uh, political dimension as well. And that too, I think, is, is, is uh, as far as I can see, that the whole thing is, is going to now uh, fall apart. I really don't see um, this aspect of Russian foreign policy, of uh, um, building these um, nuclear um, power networks internationally, that that's going to carry on much, much longer. Look, I'm I'm thinking about uh, the countries like Bangladesh that have already started and other countries that are very keen on uh, setting up uh, these power stations, um, nuclear power stations to be specific, that if they were to go to um, Korea or China or France for this, it would cost them even more than what Russia was charging because Russia was only looking at an annual interest of 3% for the whatever amount of billions of US dollars to set up. And yeah. also giving, um, you know, 22 years to pay for these mm-hmm. particular loans. So Russia was actually coming in at a fair price. Yes. Whether yes, it was hindering because... them or it was not, whether they were making profit or not as a country, but it was a fair price. So yeah. those countries that are very keen right now saying we want this nuclear um, power mm-hmm. are going to have to count rands and cents and dollars, uh, but might not be able to afford it if Russia is yes. no longer able to play in this space. Yes, that's right. Because uh, even though in... in uh, most of these cases, the Russian loan was expected to cover more than 50% of the building cost. The remainder uh, was supposed to come in from local um, the financiers, uh, other investors of the sort. And, and that's also going to become much more difficult now to find somebody who's actually going to willing to invest a lot of money in a project which uh, involves a country which is just simply not used to be stable but is not stable anymore. I think that's really at the heart of it, is that Russia since the 1990s uh, was seen as a country which is is stable and uh, was going along a certain um, political track that we won't, I wouldn't have thought a month ago that we would be where we are now. And I think that's just uh, shattered the, the confidence a lot of people had in the stability of, of long-term stability of Russia. And I, I, clearly that this is uh, an aspect that wasn't really thought through when the invasion happened. Okay, there's a lot of other reasons why um, Russia's run into a lot of difficulties now. Um, clearly this wasn't... Uh, I think most people agree that this wasn't a, a good idea to invade the, the Ukraine now for whatever reason one might have. And uh, But this is a, a side effect, is that really now the, the whole uh, economic space in Russia has changed. And uh, I don't know how they're going to um, get out of this situation again. And certainly it's, as far as, as, as the, the nuclear industry, I think it's, it, it's been a, a, a very severe blow. Um, also now with these uh, sanctions, we have, for example, the situation in Egypt where even though the Russians are building the plant, some aspects of the build went to Korean companies. But now the Koreans are one of the countries which are imposing sanctions. So already they're saying, well, can we actually continue on this, um, the, this construction project in Egypt if they are going to have to work together with the Russians? It's, it would be... Um, against their position um, in general now. So 
that whole thing's probably not going to work out. That that would have to find somebody else to do it. Uh, so that Egyptian plant is also not looking good. Okay, it's only really just started, so they haven't spent a lot of money on that yet. But it's uh, certainly it's it's a project which is looking in jeopardy now. Let me read some of the messages from our A-teamers. This SMS says, "Evening, Patricia. All is not well. Who do we blame ourselves? We've been far too accepting and not standing up for what is wrong. There is a lot of wrong that belongs where what's right should be taught. Yes." Um, correctional services, thieves and thugs do as they please and too many are complacent. Too many are complacent because they are okay. It's a ticking time bomb. Our youth are leaderless, frustrated and see no future as the fat cats uh, gorge at the state trough. Not even having time to look up. Scoff, scoff, scoff until it's all gobbled up it will go bang and not much the fat cats want to do they are busy very busy this is from ob in garden root and then this one says patricia the western aims are to destroy the economy of the russian federation even if it is by means of hurting its scientific nuclear energy in companies like rostatom and um others and with many nuclear energy plants and gas plants across the world and i think us and britain are hell-bent on changing regime there but as the policy failed in iran and elsewhere this economic war with moscow will dismay um, dismally fail uh, this is from tulani who's in gauteng gp all right, uh, we've got another one here. It says, hi, Pat. I have always believed we are sleeping in on bed with absolutely bad guys. Can your guests tell what a South Africa benefits from China and Russia in comparison with what we would benefit if we rather strengthen our tra- uh, trade partnerships with the USA or Europe? Elon Musk would have advised us better, faster and cheaper on energy than Russia. We are just puppets of the BRICS, I believe. This is uh, Keith in Stellenbosch. Can you respond to that as we close off, please? Yeah, that last question, well, it, yeah, all right, that's uh, more for a, a question for a political scientist and so on. I, I suppose there are benefits going with BRICS. Certainly now, after what's happened, it's it's not uh, nearly as good as what uh, uh, what it would have been otherwise. Uh, this uh, certainly has damaged BRICS very severely, and uh, the political scientists will probably be able to uh, tell you exactly what they expect to, to happen on that front. Uh, whether to go with other countries, well, to, to some degree, South Africa is going with other countries anyway. Um, we've got uh, trade agreements with, with most countries around the globe. So it's, 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 as far as energy is concerned, Americans aren't actually that, uh, that big on, on export. When it comes to, to renewables, yeah, well, chi- most of these are built in China. Um, and, uh, well, with the gas, well, we've got countries like Turkey now uh, wanting to uh, to sell some of that. Um, and this, otherwise, the companies are usually uh, the, these multinational national companies like in uh, like Shell, uh, BP, and so on. So, well, yeah, should one go with some other countries? Well, I, I suppose um, in retrospect, if one put all one's money on Russia, then one's not looking very good now. But it, it doesn't mean that the other countries are necessarily a lot better. Well, I, I don't know. Certainly, South Africa needs to solve its energy uh, crisis in some way or another. And I think that should be done in a manner that 
that uh, when one looks at uh, the situation clearly without looking at uh, at uh, political influences or any other factors like that, we want to uh, come up with the ideal energy solution for the country. And uh, unfortunately, that's been clouded over the years by uh, various uh, interest groups, whether it's in the coal field, whether it's been renewables, whether it's been nuclear. There has been uh, pressure exerted on all sides uh, to push uh, the, the specific technology. And, uh, yeah, we've just got to look at the whole thing as, as, as soberly as possible. Well, on that note, I'd like to thank you very much for sharing with us, um, uh, Professor Winkler. It's been such a great pleasure. Okay, good. Thank you. So, A-Team, as I asked you earlier on, where are you listening from between 104 to 107 nationwide, right? And uh, Gerald says he's on 105.7 in Athlone, Cape Town, and he's listening on his cell phone. Golani um, Mwakaza says he's in Matatiela, 104.9. Uh, this one is from Deboho Muloi in Johannesburg, who's listening on 105.1 FM in Dorenfant in Johannesburg. says, can't wait for 11 o'clock. I see our A-teamers says, Yo, Patricia, good evening, A-teamers, and happy Monday, fam. I'm holding on. I hope you're also doing so. Yes, like the song from Bon Jovi that uh, Brabenzito opened up for us with, we are holding on to a prayer. Here's another one from Michael who says, Hi, Patricia, thanks for the conversations. We hear you loud and clear in N1 night driving at Hanover to the Cape of Good Hope. Uh, so many A-teamers are letting us know where they are listening from. This one is uh, from Tanya who says, Hi, Patricia, new A-teamer here. Welcome, Tanya. Welcome home. Listening from George, enjoying the show. Thank you very much. And in Potchefstroom, 105.6 is uh, Tumed. I hope I've said your name right. So, A-teamers, keep letting us know where you're listening from and uh, keep tuned in on all our conversations.